You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your fine Buffalo Bills related podcasts. We are so glad you took the time to check out Believe wherever and however you are listening to us. My name is John Boccasino, being joined as I always am by my co-pilot, Jamie D'Amico. Jamie, good morning, buddy. Hey, my friend. Great to have you back as we are doing some fun Buffalo Bills chatter. You know, I really enjoyed our conversation last week on the Buffalo Bills biggest draft busts and hidden gems. That was a a really fun conversation. We had some good engagement with folks on social media and I had some friends that were texting, you know, boo Aaron Mabin and yay (laughs) Stevie Johnson and House Ballard. It was it was fun to do that because it gives the audience, I think, some insights into just how inexact of a science drafting is. I can honestly tell you that I think last week was my favorite show that we've done. And to be honest with you, I think that this one this week might be even more fun. And it's something I've never actually done before. Yeah, we, um, so for our, our listeners here on Believe, uh, Jamie and I are going, you know what? Fans love to talk and fan lo- fans love to think they know more than some of the front office executives. And and there's a topic I'll start off with before we go uh, into our actual exercise. But today on Believe, Jamie and I, and we're not going to do all seven rounds because that's a little bit too much of a, a reach for people that aren't really draft experts or draft gurus. If you want a full 256 person mock draft, go to Bruce Exclusive or go to you know Joe Biscaglia and the guys with the athletic um, but Jamie and I, as purely lifelong Bills fans, today on Believe, are going to do dueling four-round live mock drafts, which means we are going to be sitting in the draft chair pretending to be Brandon Bean as Buffalo is on the clock for their first four picks of the draft. And for the Bills, what that means is we are going to go through with different draft platforms and the Bills picks right now are pick 25 in the first round. The Bills then have pick 57 in the second round. The Bills have pick 89 in the third round and pick 130 in the fourth round. Jamie and I are going to go through using two different draft platforms to go through and see which players are available, who we would take on the clock, and Jamie's going to kind of be our trade guru because I'm going to be using the draft network which I used a lot last year for our drafting exercises um, when I was able to land both Basham and uh, um, 
both uh, Basham and Gregory Russo uh, in a different order, but I got those two last year in our first two rounds of a mock draft. So I'm going to be using the draft network for mine, and I'm, I'm a cheapskate. I'm not paying for the premium with trade options. So mine is solely going to be, you know, because let's be honest, Jamie. I mean, we love doing this, but I'm not going to spend any hard-earned money, uh, even 10 bucks a month, to fork over uh, for, for trades. But Jamie yeah, has but found you a- can write it off. Can I? It's a business expense. They write it off all the time. You don't even know what that means. <laughs> yeah, but they're the ones writing it off. <laughs> oh. Wait, that's from a movie, isn't it? It's a Seinfeld episode. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Kramer with Kramerica Industries. Kramerica Industries. So I am going to be the guy, the cheapskate, the frugal GM who is going to solely be focused on what the Bills will pick with their drafts. Jamie, tell us about the draft platform you are using and your approach towards trades. Okay, so I am going to use Pro Football Network. And while the player ratings that I'm going to go off of are probably not as, I would say, up to date as like Pro Football Focuses, this platform, when your, when your pick comes up, proposed trades come in. You can also pause the draft and propose trades of your own. You can counter offer. And we're going to see what we can concoct here as as it comes up. It's going to be a fun exercise. We are going to sit ourselves in the draft room and pretend to be the Buffalo Bills. The first round taking place next Thursday in Las Vegas. So, Jamie, with that, I'm going to have you and I both, on the count of three, start our mock drafts. And uh, we'll have you go through and do your pick first when it gets there. But... Before we get to that point, I do want to mention that there is a, for me at least, there's a notion out there that I want to address uh, about the mock drafts. And I've been going back and forth on this topic where we've mentioned the biggest hole the Bills have heading into this draft is cornerback two. And really it's cornerback in one because Trey White is still recovering from the ACL tear. And, you know, best case scenario, he's looking like he could be ready August but he might not be ready till the start of the season. So I've been reading a lot and having a lot of discussions with friends on the cornerback role in particular. And up until this week, I was convinced that Brandon Bean was going to take a cornerback if the board fell their way with that first round draft pick. I'm kind of having a change of thought on that, Jamie. I went through the same thing this past week and it's entirely because of, well, really some of the articles that I've read, particularly one written by Joe Buscalia in The Athletic, really got me thinking. And the fact of the matter is, if you look at what the Bills covet in a cornerback, more than anything, it's the ability to tackle. It seems as though they feel that they can coach up everything else. Huh. That's Something a, to think about. It's a really good uh point because yeah the the whole the term slam dunk has been tossed around when it comes to you know drafting a cornerback and it's a guarantee the bills are going to take a cornerback and they're going to take a cornerback i would be shocked if they don't draft at least one in the draft but the people that are expecting it to be at pick 25 or in the first round it's just not a guarantee and that's because if you look at what the Bean McDermott regime has done since they took over, they just don't prioritize spending high draft picks 
at the cornerback spot. Um, they don't. I mean, they've they've basically the only two corners they've drafted have been um, basically they they got a couple of guys. Rashad Wild Goose was a sixth round draft pick, and Dane Jackson was a seventh round draft pick in the twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one drafts. Those are the only two corners they've drafted, and they don't prioritize that boundary cornerback role because they believe with Trey White and with Taron Johnson and with Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde as excellent cover safeties that they don't need someone outstanding to step in and be that, you know, CB2 because they have a good framework uh, at the back end of their defense. Now, this year's conversation is different because of both White's injury. He's getting up there in age a little bit. Uh, he's at 27. Um, and, you know, they're, they're starting to think about the future at cornerback. So this could be the year that breaks the mold. But when you're looking at what the Bills have done in the past, they've been content to try to coach somebody up. And they might have the perfect cases this year with Nick McLeod and Elijah Griffin, um, some undrafted guys who they might try to coach up like they did a Levi Wallace uh, and find a veteran like a Joe Hayden to come in um, and fill that CB2 role. So just some interesting things to think about because, again, people are automatically thinking, oh, you know, if uh, if the Bills are able to go out and draft like an Andrew Booth or if they're able to go out there and draft the kid uh, Trent McDuffie um, from Washington, if they're able to go out there and find him, that he's going to be someone that they can go after and uh, and sign um, with that pick round in the first round. Andrew Booth is going to be a high pick. Trent McDuffie is going to be a high pick. Mm-hmm. All these corners are going to go high. Even like a guy like a Kair Elam from Florida is going to go high. So I just don't think it's automatic to put two and two together. The Bills are going to use high draft capital on the cornerback. But it also depends on how the draft board falls. That is a perfect segue for our mock draft exercise. Jamie, hit the mock draft. Start it up. Ready, set, go. And we're off. Okay, so... I want to begin by talking about, as this is going through, I want to begin by talking about what my draft strategy is going to be, and already there are trades coming in. Um, So my strategy is this. By all accounts, next year's draft is going to be next year's draft is going to be stronger than this year's draft. And with that in mind, the Bills are also definitely going to have free agents, including their starting left guard, their starting uh, slot receiver. They're definitely free agents. You have other internal free agents that are coming up, tight end, linebacker, safety. So what do you do? Well, this is my philosophy this year. I would like to gain draft capital for next year, and here's why. Uh, I am looking in the second, third, and fourth rounds to build out my roster, and we know that the first round is where the sexy positions are drafted. You know, the first round, you're definitely going to have your your majority of players are going to be quarterbacks, edge rushers, wide receivers, and corners, Uh, and let's throw in um, tackle especially left tackles. But where you build out your roster for the positions of need that are going to be for the Buffalo Bills, guard, tight end, linebacker, safety, um, and slot receiver, these are lower value positions 
where you can get great players in the second round. I want to set my team up to get more of those players next year. Also, that's when Josh Allen's contract is kicking in and getting more expensive. So I need cost-controlled labor. So I am now up at pick number 25, and I have three trade offers on the table. The first from the New York Jets. Uh, They're offering pick 35 and a 2023 second rounder. That's enticing. Uh, Green Bay is offering pick number 28 and a second rounder in exchange for the Bills pick number 25 and 130. And then the third offer I have is the Chicago Bears offering pick 39 and 48 for the Bills first round pick and pick 130. Well, before we make a decision, we have to take a look at both what has been taken off the board and um, what's available. So the last five picks, the Steelers draft Jermaine Johnson, Edge. Devin Lloyd, the linebacker, goes to the Patriots. Kenny Pickett, quarterback, goes to the Seahawks. The Cardinals get Kyer Elam. And the uh, the Cowboys draft Zion Johnson. So who are the best players left on the board right now? Well, we've got some good ones, John. We have Daxton Hill, the safety. Uh, wide receivers, Drake London and Traylon Burks, big dudes. Trent McDuffie is on the board. Kenyon Green, the offensive guard, um, by many people considered the best guard in the draft. Lewis Sign is on the board, the safety from Georgia. And then as we go down a little bit, Tyler Linderbaum is still on the board. Brees Hall is there. John, what would you do in this position? So here's my thought. Jamie, um, I am of the school of thought that the Bills don't need all eight of their draft picks this year. Um, So and and the reason I say that is unlike most years, the Bills, the the competition is going to be even fiercer to make this roster than it's ever been during the time of being a McDermott running the organization. So why do I want eight draft picks if all eight of those players are not going to make the roster or have a chance. I mean, you look mm-hmm. at last year, you know, Jack Anderson and Rashad Wild Goose were plucked off of the practice squad and, you know, ended up signing with other teams because the Bills didn't have a need for them. So I am not in the position of wanting to trade back with this first round pick um, and accumulate more draft picks. I would want to go and find somebody who's going to contribute and step in um, for my team, you know, right away for a team wanting to make the Super Bowl. So I will preface it by saying that I am not in the mood to trade back uh, with pick 25. Okay. Well, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking at the Jets at pick number 35. That is three picks into the second round. And we're talking about the Jets here. They're offering up a 2023 second rounder, which could end up being pick 35 again next year. That's amazing value. Or I can drop back three picks and get one more second rounder, which is likely to be at the end of the second round next year. Am I losing anything if I fall back three picks? Well, I don't like this receiver class. I don't think any of the receivers, even the ones going at the top of the board, are going to be anything more than number twos. So that's off the board. I don't want them. 
Um, I do not want to take a cornerback this high because if I'm in the mind of Brandon Bean, I don't need to spend that right now. So who am I focusing in on right now? I really like Dax Hill out of Michigan. I I think he is a fantastic player. Um, but is, part of like, your, is part of your thinking with Daxton Hill the uncertainty over the future of Jordan Poyer? It's, it is the uncertainty over Jordan Poyer, but also I think he's a guy that can get on the field because he has coverage ability. So in multi-wide receiver sets, he's a guy who can come on the field and uh, play man-to-man with one of those slot guys. Uh, so I am going to trade back with, with Green Bay in hopes that I can land Dax Hill. So then in that scenario, Jamie, you are getting what for pick 25? I am getting pick 28 and a second round pick next year. Okay, that's not bad. That's not a bad haul at all. So what happens here? I just pulled off the trade. Uh, Green Bay selects Traylon Burks. Not a surprise that they're going with a receiver. Perry and Winfrey. The defensive tackle from Oklahoma comes off at 26. At 27, Trent McDuffie, uh, who would have been a tough one to pass on at 27. But look who is still on the board. It's Dax Hill. I get the guy I So in this case, you get a win-win. You get extra picks and you get the guy you were coming. Yes, that's exactly it. Mind you, I have three more trade offers. I've got... um, I've got San Francisco offering a late second rounder and a third rounder plus a second rounder next year, but I don't want to drop back that far. I've got Dallas offering pick number 56 for, or yeah, pick number 56 and a second and a third next year. That's enticing because I was saying I want to build up my war chest for next year. And um, (laughs) it looks like Kansas City wants to swap one pick uh, for uh, a seventh, but no, they need a safety. I don't want to trade with them. I'm taking Dax Hill. Smart move. So Jamie accumulates more draft picks for 2023 and also gets another pick in the 22 draft to trade back and get Daxton Hill with his pick uh, in the first round. Jamie, I got to tell you, the mock, the draft network process has been fascinating to watch on my end because Pick number two, the Lions took Malik Willis out of Liberty. If that happens <laughs> that high, holy cow. You got Sauce Gardner going three to the Texans. Um, Kyle Hamilton, seven to the Giants here. And that really started off a, a crazy chain of events. Trent McDuffie goes 12th. Uh, to the Vikings uh, in this one. Zion Johnson, the guard, goes 18th to the Eagles. Kenny Pickett, 20th to the uh, Steelers. Jamison Williams went 19th to the Saints. Chris Olave, 21 to the Patriots. And then 24 was a guy I kind of had my eyes on if he was still going to be there. It was Traylon Burks, the wide receiver from Arkansas. The Cowboys snatched him up. So at this point, Jamie, I am going to go against what I said during the top of this podcast, because the way the draft has played out in my end of it, a guy is sitting there who I could pick at 25. He's got some concerns, but his talent pound for pound, what he brings to the table makes him totally worth the pick. I'm going to run through the other guys who are available, who I thought about at pick 25. I thought about Daxton Hill 
I thought long and hard about Devin Lloyd, the Utah linebacker, because Mm. linebacker is a scary, sneaky need uh, for this Bills team, especially not knowing what they're going to do with Tremaine Edmonds after this year. I could have gone interior offensive line with Kenyon Green from Texas A&M. And and honestly, to me, it came down to these final two picks. I could have drafted Jahan Dotson, the slot receiver, out of Penn State, because I think that's a really solid addition for Josh Allen and the offense uh, moving forward. But I'm going to do what I said I wasn't going to do. I'm drafting Andrew Booth Jr., the cornerback from Clemson, because he's sitting there. And the reason that's I mean, your reaction alone, Jamie, is why I'm taking him. What a great value. I mean, if, if you're if you had to trade up to get Booth, that would be a hard thing to justify. But if you're seeing him sitting there at pick 25, when a lot of the, I mean, I'm looking at one, a couple of the big boards here that have him in the top 15, uh, 14th overall pick. Um, you know, it's something where you really need to think long and hard about drafting Andrew Booth. And I'm going to do it because the Bills have a glaring need. It's an immense value. And the fact that I don't have to trade back to or trade up to get him at all, and he's sitting there for me. Andrew Booth, welcome to the Bills, buddy. Oh, my God. Like, it couldn't have worked out any better. If Andrew Booth is there, you don't walk. You sprint to the commissioner to hand him your card. (laughs) (laughs) He is long. He's a ball hawk. He's a good tackler. He is everything that he he could be another Trey White. That's really what it comes down to. Absolutely. He is. He's an absolutely fantastic find out there. He is one of those guys who he fits in any scheme uh, that the Bills would want to play out there, whether they want to play in their zone, whether they want to play press. Uh, He's an excellent press corner. He can pick off passes nicely. He's a great cover guy. And yeah, that 77 inch wingspan, Jamie, that is just outstanding. So I would love to add him with pick number 25. And in this mock draft, welcome to the Bills, Andrew Booth. Wonderful. All right. So I'm on the clock here at 57, and some interesting things have happened with the board as it's been breaking down here. Um, We have Brees Hall going off the board at 51. Uh, We have uh, Bernard Raymond, who is the giant tackle from Central Michigan, the unbelievable athlete who I probably would not have drafted, but he's just such an interesting prospect that I want to talk about him. Um, unfortunately, the damn Patriots took Kenneth Walker, who was uh. the guy that I was really paying attention to at number 48. That hurt. Uh, I thought maybe Devontae Wyatt was going to fall, who is uh, just an intriguing prospect, even though the Bills don't need uh, uh, a three-technique tackle. But at number 57, there are some really good players on the board. Roger McCreary, you know the name, the cornerback from Auburn, who's a great, great player that everybody is overthinking this year. But guess what? I don't want Roger McCreary. You know why? He is a press man corner. And he he is lost when he's going side to side and doesn't have the real explosiveness that you need out of a zone corner who can backpedal and then explode forward. He is the guy who will bully receivers at the line of scrimmage and take them off the route. 
that's not the system the Bills play, so it's not going to work. But there are three players that I love that are still on the board. Chad Muma. You know him? Oh, yeah. Chad freaking Muma, the amazing, talented linebacker out of Wyoming. Tell us about what he brings to the okay, table. This is a classic three-down linebacker. And out of Wyoming, he's really sort of exploded onto the, onto the scene. And he's very similar to his former teammate, Logan Wilson, who went to uh, the Cincinnati Bengals and played really well. He's 6'3", so he's long. He's 242. He closes gaps in the short area coverage, and I'm just reading his scouting report uh, Scouting report here. Closes gaps in short area coverage just as he stuffs rush lanes with ease. A traditional middle linebacker, Muma could increase his pass rushing ability but possesses elite athletic traits. His raw athletic score, 9.77. This is a great player, and it goes on to say Muma may be the safest day two to three player in this class. Ooh, that sounds good, doesn't it? Um, oh, Especially with, again, the sneaky need that the Bills have at linebacker. Yes, and this is the type of guy, like the Bills are not going to play a standard 4-3 front. They're, they're not taking Taron Johnson off of the field. However, if other teams go with like a two tight end set and take, one of the receivers off the field, they do need somebody who can go in there. But there's another player that I really like, Sean Ryan, the guard from UCLA. And what do the Bills covet in their offensive linemen? Big athletic dudes. This guy's 6'5", 320 pounds, raw athletic score, 8.16. The guy can move, and that's what the Bills want in uh, their blockers. And if we slide down a little bit more, who else? Got Isaiah Spiller, if we're interested in a running back. Fidarian Mathis, if we're looking for a big run-stuffing defensive tackle. And also, here's an upset. Sky Moore is still on the board. The wide receiver from Western Michigan. Whoa. Whoa. Who would be an excellent, excellent uh, slot receiver. Guess what? I've got another trade offer. Oh boy, Jamie, what you got on the, the San table? Francisco 49ers want my pick in the second round, pick number 57 in exchange for pick number 61 and pick number 187. I want to counter offer that. I don't want pick 187 to move back four spots. I want their fourth rounder next year and see what they're going to uh see if they're willing to bite on that. And my trade was declined. <laughs> okay, fine. What if I sweeten the pot with, um, well, maybe I'll just ask for their fifth rounder next year. Because I've got these players on the board that I like. I've got three, four players that I would be happy with. Why not pick up something for next year? So my trade has been accepted for their fifth rounder next year. Back to the simulation. Who's coming off the board? Well, they drafted Sky Moore, jerks. Roger McCreary's gone. <laughs> and I am going to, even though I have two trade offers coming in here, uh, I don't think that I'm going to test it. I think I'm going to 
Yeah, I, I think I'm going to just reject all these trade offers. And I need to make a selection here. And guess who? Guess who I have available? Chad Muma and Sean Ryan. Do we want the linebacker or do we want the guard? I don't want to tell you how to do your draft, Jamie, but if it were me and knowing what the Bills covet, I think I'd welcome Chad Muma. <sighs> Even though inside interior offensive lineman is a huge need for the future. It is. But I think Muma is just too good of an athlete to pass on. I think I need I think I need to make the selection. Do it. Okay. Do it. Chad Muma, welcome to Bills Mafia. All right. There he is. Off the board. I like the pick, Jamie. I think that's, again, a, a, you have a ton of options out there. I love your trade discussions and, and, and monologue with yourself as to how you're going to handle you know, the trade part of it. A lot of options out there for the Bills to consider. Uh, for me, I have proceeded my draft along as well. And just to let people know, with pick 57, the Buffalo Bills are up. And so far, uh, there's a lot of talent that's still out there that the Bills could obviously go for in my uh, my draft. I'm trying to read through some of the recent names that were taken to give you some perspective. Really, I mean, you know, Perry and Winfrey went to the Jets at 38. Matt Corral from Old Miss, a QB, went 41 to the Seahawks. Quay Walker, a guy I was hoping was going to fall, went 43rd <clears throat> to the Falcons, the linebacker. <clears throat> and at this point, <clears throat> I'm starting to get a little bit concerned because, you know, I- I'm thinking I either want to go for a wide receiver an interior offensive lineman, or I want to possibly address the running back position, Mm -hmm. which Kenneth Walker was still on the board at 55. Uh, Believe it or not, that's a crazy fall for the Michigan State kid. The Cardinals took him at 55. Logan Hall, the edge rusher from Houston, went 56. I have my choice, Jamie. If I want to go for the most complete Running back in the draft, Brees Hall is still out there really? at pick 57 on this mo- this draft network mock draft. I'm not sure if they're like waking and baking on this Saturday <laughs> morning, but Brees Hall should not be available at pick 57. Isaiah Spiller, the fantastic pass catching back, is also available, oh. as is Sean Ryan and Chad Muma, amongst others. Ah, there's a guy I I I, I kind of would maybe think about going if I wanted to really address the offense. John Mechie is still available mm. from Alabama, um, and it'd be hard to bypass him. But I gotta take Brees Hall. You do. I think it's just a no brainer at this position in the draft to add somebody like the. Now there's a lot of tread on those tires, but if I'm the Bills, I'm using him. He's not getting a second contract no. with the Bills, so. Wear him to the ground. Absolutely. I, I think that is the the perfect selection because you can't help but consider him in the first round and you're getting the guy that you may have wanted out of the gate later in the draft. It's This is a guy who's going to make a difference on day one in the Bills, in the Bills lineup. He's He's got the speed that they're looking for. He's dynamic. You want Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker. I I think that they're going to make a difference. Yeah, Spiller to me worries me a little bit too much just being a pass-catching threat. And no, there's no relation to C.J. Spiller, the former 
number one overall pick. Spiller is a nice, and they don't yeah. they don't play the same either. No, no, there's definitely a difference in the way they attack uh, the position. What I like about Brees Hall is you're right; he's a day one starter. Him and Devin Singletary would be a fantastic running back by committee, uh, top of the backfield with Duke Johnson being your third down uh, pass catcher. He's perfect in a zone rushing scheme. He's perfect in what the Bills are currently Mm -hmm. trying to run with their offensive line. He's got really good vision, great cutback abilities. He's a patient runner. I mean, there's no need to discuss any further. Brees Hall, welcome to Orchard Park, buddy. (laughs) uh, This is so much fun, by the way. (laughs) That's a great selection. I feel blessed, man, to get my first two picks being Booth and Hall with no trade-ups whatsoever. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So I have to say... I've got players that I wanted in the first couple of rounds. And so what we have so far is a very athletic safety and an incredibly athletic linebacker. Now, this was part of the goal because if you look at the AFC, the offenses are just stacked. And look at what's going on in Miami. Okay, they may not have a quarterback, but if if Tua figures it out, He has absolute track stars to throw the ball to. And on defense, the Bills need the speed to run with the Tyreek Hills of the world and the Jalen Waddles of the world. Like, if you're not fast the way the AFC is shaping up, you're going to get killed on the back end. So we are in good shape setting ourselves up for the future. Now, I considered a trade-up, but... The players were gone at that point. So uh, what? where are we? Well, I paused at pick number 82. Falcons are on the clock. There are some interesting players on the clock that we could trade up for. See, that's, like I said, we're at 82. The Bills are picking at 89. So who's on the board still? Well, Isaiah Spiller is there. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jeremy Ruckert the tight end from Ohio state is still on the board. These are positions that we could use on the bills, right? Um, There's also a couple of wide receivers like Romeo Dubes from, uh, from Nevada and David Bell from Purdue. Uh, I'm not going to draft those guys. They're just not good enough athletes. So 
let's let's see what happens. Let's see what falls to the Bills here. I, I'm thinking that I'm thinking that I'm going to regret not selecting Isaiah Spiller, trading up to select Isaiah Spiller. But let's see what happens. Tyler Batty's off the board. And at 87, uh, the Cardinals select Isaiah Spiller. Well, that ah, oh, those that, bastards. That's no good. All right, so there's a couple of trade offers. I don't want to. I don't want to do any trades right now. So now we're looking at an interesting position because I'm not in love with the players that I'm seeing on the board right now. We have Ed Ingram, uh, another guard who's. On the board, he's a decent athlete. He was an all-conference player. I've got a couple of players that are decent, but you know what? Rashad White, the running back from Arizona State. Let me read to you his scouting report. It says, from a physical standpoint, he's extremely tough to bring down. This is the result of sheer toughness, but also excellent contact balance. And while he possesses all the tricks you'd find from a top running back from a creativity standpoint, his tape is littered with spin moves, hurdles, and stiff arms, in addition to the cuts and jukes mentioned already. From a mental standpoint, he has impressive vision. His raw athletic score is coming in at 9.88, so the dude likely can motor for a dude who's 6 feet, 214 pounds. Does this sound like a guy you would pick? That sounds a pretty impressive specimen so far. Well, we also have Jeremy Ruckert, the tight end on the board. What do you think about him? 6'5", 252 from Ohio State. He's played in big games. He's not much of an athlete, but he's you know good at boxing players out when he's setting up for, uh, for receptions. I think tight end is definitely a need, um, you know, for... The Bills and and the guy I was hoping was going to be available later in the third round, Isaiah Likely of Coastal Carolina, um, would make for a really nice addition if he was still there. But he seems to be kind of climbing the draft boards. So I don't know. Tight end is a sneaky need, too. I wouldn't blame you for going for it. Uh, And there's one more player I want to talk about. Calvin Austin, the third wide receiver, 5'7", 170 pounds. He is a burner. And he's a gadget guy. He's a slot guy. But there's not a lot of successful receivers out there that are under 185 pounds. I think I want to go with a player that looks a little bit more, a little safer. So I think I'm going with the running back, Rashad White. And here's my next, here's my next starter. Rashad White, running back, Arizona State. I like it. Solid value. You didn't have to reach up uh, and do any crazy trades to go out there and get him. So good, good work on that, buddy. Thank you very much. It, you know, it's really that the positional value is there. Uh, you don't want to, you don't want to go high, but Brandon Bean loves drafting running backs in the third round. So why mess with success? <laughs> nope. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know? So for me, when it comes to my uh, third round pick here, the guy I really was hoping to grab fell two picks before Buffalo came on the clock at 89. I Newman. was hoping that Kelvin Austin from Memphis 
the wide receiver was going to still be there when the bills came on the clock, the dang Cardinals, they foiled your dreams uh, by taking your running back in your mock draft. They spoil my vision by taking Calvin Austin here at pick 87. Um, other guys I considered Channing Tindall from the linebacker from Georgia went 83rd to the Falcons likely went 81st to the Giants. I was hoping he was going to still be there when the bills came to pick Cole strange. The interior offensive lineman from Chattanooga was chosen 76th by the Ravens. So if I'm Brandon Bean in my mock draft, there's a couple of intriguing names out there. One of them is probably the most versatile defensive player, heck most versatile player period in the draft. And it's Montana state linebacker, Troy Anderson. Um, he's currently available who could play a weak side linebacker role in the four, three contribute in special teams. He's very raw when it comes to his cover skills. He's more of a run stuffer than somebody who can cover matchup with tight ends in pass coverage, but he wouldn't need to step in and play right away this year with the bills having their linebacking core pretty much set. So he's intriguing. Uh, Cam Jurgens, the interior offensive lineman who is a center who could probably play guard uh, from Nebraska. He's out there as well. But the guy I'm going to go with, Jamie, I don't I didn't think he was going to be here at this pick. I thought he would go in the second round versus the third round. I'm going to go address the wide receivers. Khalil Shakir from Boise State, the slot receiver. I know he's a little undersized at six foot one eighty seven. But I think what the Bills need in the future is going to be somebody who is a Cole Beasley type of wide receiver. And I think Shakir profiles perfectly to fill into this offense as a very productive slot receiver. So I'm going to make Khalil Shakir out of Boise State pick number 89 overall in this draft. That is an absolutely fantastic selection. And I'm, I am I would be thrilled with him because... Let's face it, uh, we know what the Bills have with Isaiah McKenzie, which is a player that the fans love and they love him as a teammate. But if you look at what Isaiah McKenzie is making, they expect him to be a backup. Well, here's a guy who can be an understudy behind him and um, oh, uh, 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 Jamison Crowder. Man, I don't know why it took me so long to come up with that name uh, and can end up a starter next year. That's perfect. I love it. Man, your draft looks good. Well, thanks, buddy. The only drawback I've got with Shakir is he's not as fast as my guy, Calvin Austin, who ran a 4-3-240. But Shakir is four inches taller, and he only ran, he ran a 4-4-3. So we're not talking that big of a drop-off uh, in productivity in the speed game. So Khalil Shakir, you are on the Buffalo Bills. Congratulations, buddy. Your life has changed forever. Oh, fantastic. So with pick number 130, you know, starting to get away from us, uh, players that I would have considered are guys like Charlie Kohler, but he was selected six uh, slots ahead of the Bills. But a player that I have zeroed in on like a laser for the middle rounds is a cornerback. And he's a guy that is out of an FCS school. Sam Houston State. He's 6'2", 199. His, I love the raw athletic scores because we know that that's something Brandon Bean looks at, is a perfect 10. And he, he's tall, he's long, he's fast, and obviously he has really quick feet. He's explosive, and 
he has good hands. He's a ball hawk. This the guy's name is Zion McCollum, and at his size and length, he is perfect for the Bills scheme. And again, I'm adding to the back end of that defense because you don't want to lose your fastball with the offense. I I realize that, but you have to be able to run with the receivers that are in the AFC now. Zion McCollum, it may take you a season to uh, get up to speed with the NFL, but my God, I am happy to have this guy. I like your sell job on him, Jamie. It seems like he really would be somebody who comes in right away and has some developmental potential to him where he's not going to have to, you know, there's not the pressure of having to start, you know, right away, which again is a nice value when it comes to the fourth rounders. And you sold me on him. I like, I think that's a good pick. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the bills went tight end with this position either. Um, But there's a, that's the beauty. There's a lot of things the bills can come and take up right away uh, when you're looking for, uh, for the pick in the fourth round. And I ended up going a little, let's call it defensive heavy in this draft, but it's really the way the board fell. And that's the thing. It's all, you know, you can, I found it fascinating that Brandon Bean told reporters last week, he was giving some insights into how his staff prepares for the draft. And, you know, there's been guys who have been doing mock drafts since the la- since the fall, uh, basically, of who's going to go where uh, in this 2022 NFL draft. Brandon Bean and the Bills, if you were to believe their press conference from last week, their first mock draft is going to take place on Monday. Yeah. As in yeah. this upcoming Monday, the week of the draft, where they're going to go through all the scenarios that could possibly play out, trade-ups, trade-downs, who the best values are. And I found that fascinating. Oh, before we get off topic, though, you still have a pick coming, buddy. I do. I was hoping we would uh, have a chance to address uh, some of the guys I was looking at with this last pick in the fourth round, pick number 130. And at this point, Jamie, the guy I was targeting got drafted again right before my pick came up. I, I can't complain, though, because the draft board has fell very nicely so far uh, in the first four or three rounds for me. I was hoping that interior lineman Luke Fortner from Kentucky uh, mm. was going to be the pick. Um, he was unfortunately taken by the Cowboys uh, right before me in the draft here. So when it comes to pick 130, the names are getting a little bit for for me, who's not as much of a football college football expert. You know, there's some names that are there, um, but I'm not necessarily sure what the fit is. And interior offensive line is a talent and a need, mm-hmm. but the guys just aren't there um, at this pick. You know, the best interior offensive lineman available is Justin Schaefer out of Georgia, and it he's he's not he's not going to adjust right away. He's a developmental prospect who fits into more of a power run scheme and the bills don't necessarily run the power run scheme. So it's not really worth it to go after him. I don't think um, Joshua Izudu from North Carolina um, could potentially be a left guard prospect out here, um, but he's got very, he's got red flags. He's not the quickest with his feet. Um, he's not good side to side. So I don't want to spend a fourth round pick on a guy who has those types of question marks. Mm -hmm. What I'm going to do is give Josh Allen another weapon to throw to on offense. And I know you're going to say, wait a minute, 
Didn't you just take Shakir from Boise State? Yeah, I did. I'm going tight end with my yes. fourth round pick. Jake Ferguson from Wisconsin Ooh. is there at pick 130. He's six foot five, 250 pounds. Uh, just a perfect wide tight end for a team that wants to run two tight ends out there. OJ Howard did not sign a long term contract, mind you. The Bills are going to need to find somebody to step up. And in case Tommy Sweeney is not that guy, which I'm just not sure he is. Don't think so. I think Jake Ferguson is a fantastic value. He gives you mismatches uh, when you're looking for down the field, who is a great pass catcher. He he did basically everything for the Badgers during his college career. He was a great run blocker. He was basically their top two receiving options in a pretty slow passing game. Ferguson was the guy who had the size, the ball skills, and could go up and catch a pass when his quarterback needed him to make a big play downfield. So I think he's going to be a fantastic value at pick 130. I'm taking Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin. Man, that is the perfect way of describing it. That is what Mel Kuyper would call a value pick right there. Because he's a guy who you know is going to be a rock-solid player like, this guy's going to make the team. There's no doubt about it. This guy's going to make the team. And oh, by the way, the Bills' top two tight ends are going to be free agents after this season. Yup. Uh-huh. So another sneaky area of need. That's what the Bills try to do with theirs. And I tried to accomplish that with pick 130. So, Jamie, in summation, how do you feel? Give us your four-man uh, mock draft. And how do you feel about the new four additions? Safety, Daxton Hill. Linebacker, Chad Muma. Running back, Rashad White. Cornerback, Zion McCollum. I'm a little iffy in that I didn't give I didn't give Josh Allen any real speed weapons, which was something that I set out to do in this draft, but I increased the speed of my defense, and also I protected myself against people leaving as free agents. I'm going to have two players in the system for a year to be able to evaluate whether I need to do an extension with Jordan Poyer and uh, and Tremaine Edmonds. By the end of the season, I may look at it and say, hey, you know what? Their backups are more than ready to go. And I have cost-controlled players for the next four to five years. I feel really good about that. Plus, I've got Zion McCollum who can probably step in and play his own cornerback. We've got a potential starter at running back. I I am actually thrilled with the way this worked out. And that's what's fun about this exercise is because it allowed, and again, we said this to start the episode, Jamie and I are not draft nicks. We're not draft gurus. We did some research. We used some great resources and we came up with what we would do. And we're going to post our mock draft results. Um, Grab a screen grab of yours, Jamie. I'll do the same with mine so we can share it on social media and show people that this is exactly how our draft boards broke. We got these guys. Uh, It's exciting to sit back there because I'm I'm looking at my hall. Andrew Booth, Jr., cornerback Clemson, Brees Hall, running back Iowa State, Khalil Shakur, the wide receiver from Boise State, and Jake Ferguson, the Wisconsin tight end. If the Bills draft comes anywhere near that when it comes to productivity on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of next week, the Bills are going to be a scary good team by addressing their needs. And like you said, Jamie, there is some sneaky needs on this team that these guys allow the Bills to have some security, um, some, some future investments while Josh Allen's salary is going to skyrocket 
uh, down the road. Very happy with how this all played out, buddy. Oh, and you know what I forgot to mention? Uh, I also added a second round pick and a fifth round pick for next year's draft. Ooh, increasing that draft arsenal. Love it. Yes. It is time to play the board. Going into next year with two second round picks, one of which could be, well, I mean, I expect the Packers to be pretty good next year. So it's going to be end of the first round. But still, if there's a player that I covet, I can send those two second round picks that I'm going to have plus my first to hopefully move up into the teens if there's a player that I think is going to make a really big difference on my team. I I love it. Jamie, this has been a really fun exercise uh, doing a mock draft live here on Believe, the first ever live Believe mock draft. We want your thoughts, Bills fans. What do you think about Jamie's draft class? And what do you think about my four-man draft class? And then what would you have done with some of those dilemmas we talked about live here on the podcast? Get involved on social media. Jamie's a great follow at the Jamie D'Amico, and I am at John Boccasino. You can also comment on this article on buffalorumblings.com. And Jamie, the fun part is, in a couple of days, we get to see what the Bills will really do on draft day. We will be back next week on Bill Leave to recap what the Bills have done in the first two rounds of the draft. It's here on Bill Leave, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment, combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.